Good morning. Shall we try that one more time? Good morning. It's really good to be with you. Um, about this time yesterday, I was standing in Loch Lomond. Not looking at the loch, I was in the loch. We had our Alpha weekend, it's still continuing today, and it was an absolute privilege. Guys, could you maybe just cut me down a wee bit so it's not booming? Thank you. Super. Thanks, Thomas. We had our Alpha weekend, and we began the weekend with three baptisms in Loch Lomond. And so we celebrate salvation, and we celebrate those who are following Jesus getting baptized. In a moment of weakness, I said, I will baptize these people. And I stood in freezing cold water. This was a real baptism. It was a great way to start the weekend. So thank you for your prayers for the Alpha Course and for the weekend. They are still meeting this morning, and our prayers will be with them. This morning, um, we begin a new series just for the next number of weeks as we begin to look at singleness, marriage, and parenting. And maybe it's because your pastor is Irish, but we're going to start with parenting and work our way back, okay? So that's what we're going to look at this morning, parenting. Stan Lee is the, was the legendary publisher, writer, and co-creator of superheroes from Spider-Man right through to the Incredible Hulk, and he died last week. Stan Lee created colorful, full-blooded, but flawed characters. He created heroes, but heroes with feet of clay. Superheroes, but in many ways still flawed. If you know any of the characters, someone such as Peter Parker had great power, but he still had to pay his rent. He had to deal with acne, and he had to stumble through romantic interludes. I believe that when God created humanity, he designed marriage to be between a man and a woman, and that in that context, children would be parented. Parenting is a high and it is a holy calling. And parents here this morning in church, I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear what God says. You are, in a very real sense, God's heroes. Yes, you've got feet of clay. Yes, you struggle. Yes, you make mistakes. But in the way God has designed our world, you are God's heroes. And this morning, I think it is right that as a church family, we celebrate the heroes amongst us, otherwise known as parents. Can I ask you, if you're a parent this morning, to stand, please? Come on, on your feet. And can the rest of us just put our hands together and celebrate the parents in our church? These guys who are standing are God's heroes. Yes, they're flawed. Yes, they will tell you they struggle. Yes, they will tell you it is hard. But they have a high and holy calling, and they are God's heroes. And I celebrate you, parents, this morning, and God celebrates you. 
Stan Lee, in his comics, he finished often with this incredible word, excelsior. And excelsior simply means higher and upward. Parents, this morning, look at me. I want you to plug into God. And whatever your struggles are as parents, God is calling you to go higher and upward. Can I have an amen on that this morning? I want to encourage you as parents, as a church family, we encourage you. In a minute, I'm going to open scripture and we're going to look at what God says. But let me just talk um, a little bit about parenting for a few minutes. Parenting is fun. Hands up if you agree with me as parents. Parenting is fun. There are moments where it's just hilarious. We have, as you know, a five-year-old in our lives now, and he came to church two or three Sunday evenings ago, and I was baptizing my friend John. Can you imagine from a five-year-old's perspective as he looks at his dad in a swimming pool putting a man under the water? And he shouts out, what are you doing, Dad? That's hilarious. Parenting is fun. With Angus, we've had so many fun moments already. One of the best fun moments, but yet God moments, was he's so into animals. So we're talking about all the animals and where they come from. And I'm trying to get it back to where God is. And then five-year-old at 8 o'clock at night, and I'm shattered and tired, and he says, but who made God? I go, ah, you need to ask your mom. (laughs) I need to confess that on a Friday, the grim tradition is that at 10 past 5, we join with the nation on BBC Radio 2, and we sing, anybody else do that? You should join it. You're missing something. So parenting is fun, but listen, parenting is hard. Now, if you don't have kids and you're not a parent, you are probably like I was before I had kids. How hard can this be? I'll be a great dad. You'll be a great mom. Let's have kids. And then... They come along. There are two basic needs that as parents we seek to fulfill every day. Two amongst many. One is to feed our kids and one is to wash them. What can be hard about that, you say? Well, you have no idea. It's Tuesday, it's six o'clock and your two-year-old is screaming like she's been stung by a viper. Because you've asked her to eat this little green thing called a pea. I hate peas. You've never tasted them. What can be so hard about washing your kids? (laughs) Do you want me to tell you? Oh, woe betide the parent that gets any shampoo in their kid's eyes. You're killing me, Daddy! It's only shampoo. You will survive, I think. But it is hard. 
hard when your child says, Mom, I don't love you. It's hard when your teenage daughter says, Mom, you embarrass me. Dad, don't pick me up at school. It's hard when your young adult children distance themselves from you. Parenting can be hard. I'm going to unpack some truths from God's Word in a minute, but I want to really encourage you as parents, if you need a really good resource, this is an outstanding resource. It's by Paul David Tripp, and it's called Parenting. And whether you're new to this gig or whether you're like me, you've been on the journey a while, you will find great resources in this Parenting by Paul David Tripp, 14 Gospel Principles that will radically change your family. And I highly commend that book to you. Will you pray with me? And then we're going to open God's Word. Father, we still our hearts. We open our hearts. We ask that your spirit through your words would reach into the depths of our hearts. That you will speak truth. That you will speak encouragement. That you will speak hope. I thank you for every parent in this room And I pray that they will be encouraged this morning. I pray that those in our church family who are not parents will rise to their calling of loving and caring for the parents in our church. And so I ask now in Jesus' name that your voice is heard. Father God, speak to us, we pray. This is our prayer as we agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. Parenting. I want to unpack four things with you. Calling. Grace. Culture. And security. Calling. God's call on your life. Grace, God's grace that you need to parent. Culture, what is going on in the culture? How do we understand it? And to finish with the security of knowing that God is your father. Let's begin then with thinking of parenting and this call upon your life. God's call upon you this morning as a mom, as a dad, as a single parent perhaps. You're called to be God's instrument to shape a human soul. You are called to be God's instrument to shape a human soul. That means that God highly values parenting. One of the most significant callings that can ever be given to a human person is that of parenting. 
In a sense, it's insane to actually think that you can do this. I suggest to you that if you are a parent and you think you can do this, you are already in trouble. You can't do this. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor build in vain. We can't do it on our own. But God so values what he calls us to. Parents, listen. There is on your life a high and holy calling. And God values you as a mom. God values you as a father. Secondly, as we think of calling, make your children God conscious. Make your children God conscious. Let's go back to ancient words in the Bible given to God's people in Deuteronomy 6. And God is speaking to his people as he speaks to us in Gorgie this morning. This is what he says to parents. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. God is saying, just permeate your daily life with God talk. Don't wait necessarily for key moments. Be alert. And when a question comes up, when a situation arises, be ready to teach diligently and make your children God conscious. Verse 8 and 9 are obviously given in another culture. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Any parents got God's word in their hand this morning? Don't think so. That's the culture at the time. There shall be frontlets between your eyes. Any parents got? No, I don't see you. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. Any parents got scripture on the doorpost of your house? No, it's the context. What is God saying? Talk, teach, and make visible and audible in your home the word of God as you shape your children. I'm a dad four times over. I said I'm a dad four times over. I think that, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. And my three young adult kids, as I watch them in life, and they excel, and I'm so proud of them in so, so many ways, in their studies, in their careers, and what they're gifted at. But I can tell you, the most important thing my kids have learned from their parents is about the existence, character, and plan of God. And that is something, by God's grace, we as parents are called to instill into our children. 
I have a question for you in relation to the calling. As you parent your five-year-old, your 15-year-old, your 25-year-old, whose kingdom are you really building? I've got to tell you, I am not very good at this. Can I be honest with you this morning? I said, can I be honest with you? When I parent, far too often, I want my will to be done. And when my children push back against me, it's because I'm imposing my will. And I'm building the kingdom of Paul. And in the kingdom of Paul, you will obey me. And you will make my life easy. And you will be amazing children. And you will not give me grief. I am not called to build my kingdom. I am called to build God's kingdom. And so often as a parent, if I am honest, I get angry because my will is not being done. How dare you challenge me? Don't you know how much I love you? Don't you know how much your mom cares for you? And that's because it's my little kingdom. Parents, please rise and see God's calling to build his kingdom in the lives and hearts of your children. Do I hear anybody say amen to that? If I can be honest, At times I'm worried that too many parents value other things more than they value their kids. What does that look like? Do you value your career more than your kids? Do you value possessions more than your kids? What does that look like? It means you have an amazing, spotless, well-furnished home. Do not ever, ever spill anything on our sofa. What is it you value? Career, comfort, possessions? Let me be bold enough to say, at least to ask the question. And before I say this, there is no one size fits all, but, and Mandy and I are thinking this one through. Can we at least ask the question as parents, is childcare and me working full time the best thing. We need to at least ask that question. I am standing in judgment on no one. And it is something that Mandy and I need to think through. But there is something in our culture that we need to ask and question that so quickly and so easily says, now you can go back to full-time career and get your kids looked after by somebody else. Hear my heart. 
I'm just asking you to ask the question, what is God's will for you as parents? What is best for your children? At least ask the question. So parenting, God's calling on your life. Parenting, God's grace. Can we say that word grace together? Can you just reflect on what that grace means to you this morning and then say it maybe with more in you? Let's say that word again. Grace. I thank God for his grace as he calls me to parent. God never calls you to parent without giving you what you need. I am in so many ways flawed, but I thank God for his grace. Let me tell you the story, true story, of a Christian couple called Jim and Sarah. And they decided that they would adopt. There's an unusual thing to do. And they adopted, adopted a teenage girl. Her name was Misha. Misha had been physically abused. She had been caught up in the sex trades. She was damaged physically and emotionally. And Jim and Sarah took her in to make her their daughter. Everything went well for the first couple of weeks and then reality kicked in and Misha just began to be physically violent. She would often curse, especially towards her mom. And in the tirade of cursing and of abusive language directed at her mom, she never, ever called her mom. And Sarah carried that in her heart, and it hurt. Six months into this journey, they decided that they should go out for an evening, and they got a babysitter in. They just wanted to go out and have a date night. Do you agree it's good to have a date night as parents? Come on. They got a babysitter in. They went out. They dressed up. They went to their favorite restaurant, just enjoying each other. They came back and they got to their home. They said to the babysitter, how was Misha? And she said, everything's fine. She's been upstairs. There hasn't been a squeak from her. Jim and Sarah went upstairs to check on Misha. They walked into the bathroom and Misha had taken her mum's red lipstick and in bold, large letters she had written, F you mum.
And Jim wanted to protect his wife. And then he heard his wife laugh. And the laughter rose and became a full-blown laugh. And she fell on the floor. She said, can't you see? She called me mum. She called me mum. We need God's grace in such scenarios. And you're called to parent, and God's grace is sufficient for you. Let me say that again. Please say amen if you're a parent. You're called by God to parent whatever your circumstances and whoever your kids are, and his grace is enough for you. God's grace calls us because we cannot parent. If I hadn't understood it the first time, I understand it now. I can't parent. I'm rubbish at this. I need God's grace. Listen, I need God more than Google. Stop Googling. You're freaking yourself out and your kids. I know of parents who are on the Google, what if my child is, it's six o'clock, should they be sleeping? Ah! You've too much information, stop it. (sighs) Sorry, that was a rant. (laughs) But I can't do this. Listen, I can, as a dad, to some degree change my children's behavior because I'm bigger than them. Well, I was. (laughs) And I can speak in a tone of voice that they will do what I want them to do. But you know what? I haven't changed their heart. And if I don't change their heart when they're big, they'll leave. And they'll not be following Jesus. I've got to parent their heart. And I need God's grace. Here's Paul writing in his life about his challenges. And he says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This morning, I boast of my weakness as a parent. I have moments where I am so rubbish. But I will boast of my weakness so that the grace of God rests upon me and he gives me the power to keep on parenting. Can we say amen to God's grace calls us because we're not able. God's grace shows you who you really are. It's <laughs> nothing quite like a toddler or a teenager challenging you 
to reveal what's really in your heart. Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm praising God and I'm walking with God. But right now you're really annoying me. And it reveals in my heart sin that needs to be dealt with. Grace shows me that I fall short. I need God's grace to parent. If we are honest as parents, we are more like our children than unlike them. We need God's grace to see who we are. God's grace frees us from the pretense that we are the model family. Can I go on another rant? (laughs) Facebook family photos. There is no family on earth like that. Every Facebook family photo, everybody's happy, everybody's smiling, nobody's fallen out, and that is not the reality. Do you agree with me, parents? Then stop posting those photos. (laughs) I long for the day of a photo from we've been to the zoo and it was horrible. (laughs) And often in church, we pretend. God gives us the permission in church to say to each other, I'm not okay. Someone said to me this week, This parenting gig is really hard. I need help. And it's okay not to be okay. Can we have the grace of God to deal with the pretense? God's grace grows and changes you to become more like Jesus. Oh, it's Mandy and I, parent. We've had our fun moments. We've had our tough moments. We've had our moments where we've cried. But in the midst of it all, I thank God for his grace that is slowly making us a little bit more like Jesus. In the toughest of circumstances, I need to understand that it's just not me parenting my children. God is parenting me. Can you say amen to that? As you parent, your father is parenting you. It says of Enoch in The Old Testament, Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah. Something shifted in Enoch's walk with God that drew him closer to God because he was a parent. The rest of the verse says that Enoch walked with God after he became the father of Methuselah for 300 years. (laughs) You think your parenting is a long time. (laughs) Whoa. Parents, God's grace as you parent is to change you. 
to bring you closer to God and to make you more like Jesus. God's grace, as I parent, liberates me from the prison of regret. One of the most amazing things about God's grace is that I, as a parent, can begin again. That God, in His grace, gives me a fresh start. And if I'm honest, I could be paralyzed by the what if, by the if only, by the regrets. I do not want to live as a parent in the land of regrets and be paralyzed. And God's grace liberates me from that prison of regrets. I will confess, God, I have got it wrong again. I confess that to you. I lay down the burden of my parenting. I give myself to you, Father God. Will your grace flow right here, right now, and may I begin again and not live with regret. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I am sure that no parent here this morning is someone saying, I have no regrets. You all do. Thank God for his grace. I said, thank God for his grace. Grace to start again. God, this has been rubbish. I've made mistakes. Give me your grace to rise to my calling. And can I suggest that if we are humble enough as parents to confess before God and our children sense that in us, then they will find it easier to confess their failures. They will become like you. And if you model confession and humility, and you model your need for God's grace, guess what? Your children will grow up with that. If you come in as a parent and say, I have this sorted, I never make a mistake, you're already in trouble. Parents, have you ever, by God's grace, not only said sorry to God, but sorry to your children? That takes humility. I tell you, it takes humility to say to a five-year-old, I'm sorry. Daddy was angry and I was wrong. God's grace upon us as parents to liberate us from the prison of regret. Can we say Amen. I want to deal, just as I finish, very practically with God's call, God's grace, as we engage with culture. I don't think you need me to tell you that our culture is messy. 
It is increasingly out of kilter with God's plan. It is, to some degree, a scary place. Play it safe. Don't have kids. (laughs) But can I say that? Because, and I know there are particular situations that look different, but hear me. The overriding plan of God is that a man and a woman join in marriage and they have kids. And although the culture is scary, I'm still called to be a parent. When Mandy and I went on this journey, and I acknowledge before God and before you, Mandy's heart for this, (laughs) I was saying, hey, I've done my bit. (laughs) I've got three kids. And one day we asked ourselves, is there any reason, genuine, that we should not have kids? And we asked ourselves that question, and there were no reasons. Oh, I could argue. (laughs) I'm done with this. I'm already a grander. I want my comfort. I want my wife and myself to work full time and pay for the holidays. But we had no good reason biblically not to say, can we open our hearts to children? And God in his grace has given us Angus. Do you know what Angus means? Chosen one. Little does he know. (laughs) Psalm 139 says of your children that God in his miraculous creativity he knit each one of your children together in their mother's womb. It's incredible. But more than that, Psalm 139 says, God ordained every day of their lives before they were born. Which means, though the culture is scary, God has planned you as a parent to be here at this time to have these children and to parent them in this culture. And he has planned every day of your children's lives. So though culture may scare us, God has a greater plan. God is up to something. God is calling you to shape the soul of your children in this culture. Let me talk about a couple of things in culture very briefly. The challenge of technology. Devices are a huge issue. 
I think our example as parents is key. If you are constantly attached to your phone, is it any wonder your kids are attached to theirs? You've got to create in family life phones off time. I promise you, you will not die. And you have to think, and depending on the age and stage, this whole area, as one parent shared with me, of Instagram. What photographs will you allow your kids to post on Instagram? I'm told I'm not on Instagram. I'm told that often photographs of girls are posy provocative and revealing. You need to be aware of that. You need to parent your children. Please, please do not expect the law to do what only grace can do. You can impose a no Instagram ban or you can engage by God's grace with the heart of your children and journey that through. You need to think these things through. Another parent, and I've asked some of the parents in church, some of their challenges said the whole area of sexual ethics. Goodness, what a minefield. Kids in primary school are growing up already aware of a sexual ethic agenda that is not from God. You and I need to be informed. We need to understand what's happening. The whole gender thing. We mustn't please. We mustn't freak out. We've got to engage with it. Understand it. And in Deuteronomy 6, bring to bear God's word and God's wisdom as we think through the whole area. Let me talk finally about busyness. We live in a culture that's busy, busy, busy. Parents are busy, busy, busy. Parents, this morning, you must, you must, you must make time with God. And I know that is so hard. And I know it's demanding. But you've got to do this. If you abide in Christ, if you plug into him and his word, that will enable you, amongst other things, to parent well. So somehow, maybe you need to talk about it as a couple, Husbands, maybe you need to say to your wives, how can I release you, give you time so that you connect with God? But you've got to take time with God. You've got to take time with each other. Parents, romance has to still be alive. Love, wine, and dine your spouse. Can I hear the woman saying, amen? Can I hear the man saying, yes? 
You need to have time with God. You need to have time with each other. Go on a date night. Make it happen. Hear me? Becoming a parent is not the end of sex. Okay. <laughs> but I know, James. <laughs> yeah. I know, you've got to be practical. You've got to, how do we shut, how do we, you've got to think. But you have to, well, yeah. You've got to take time to be planted in church. I didn't say take time to come to church. I said to be planted in church. There's a difference. If your kids on a Sunday morning are asking you, what will we do today, Dad? You're already losing the battle. Sunday is church. Sunday is God's family. That's what we do. You've got to make that happen. I was talking with a parent about the school where um, our little one goes, and she said, you've got to watch out for the birthday parties. <laughs> so many of them are on Sunday. And she, as a follower of Jesus, has said, Sundays, to her little girl, you're not going to birthday parties. Yeah? Because if you start to give in to that, do not be surprised if you wake up and you're girl's a teenager and she doesn't want to go to church. You lead by example in the busyness. Amen. The last thing is just something that's touched me this week and it's about identity. We parent from a place of God having adopted us. It's the story of the little boy in school. He was adopted. Some of the kids, as kids can be, were making fun. Ah, you're adopted. And the wee boy said, Do you know what? Your mom and dad just had you. My mom and dad chose me. Come on. You are chosen by God the Father. Your name is Angus. (laughs) Chosen by God and adopted. And he is your father. From that secure place, I parent. Here's scripture. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, as daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. My identity is not Because I'm a dad, my identity is because God is my father. And from that secure place, 
I go out to my calling to seek God's grace, to engage with the culture, to be some kind of flawed hero in raising children who will become, I pray, followers of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to finish. I'm going to invite the band up on the stage. I'm heading off to south in a minute, but parents, let's have some conversations over coffee. Can you do something with me? Just close your eyes and you may want to stand with your hands open just as a sign of receiving from God in these moments. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, God's Spirit, God's Word has got into your life this morning. It's encouraged you, it's provoked you. Just close your eyes and begin to pray back to God. And reflect on God's calling on your life. And remember that God's grace is there. And so you come to the throne of grace. to receive mercy and to find grace in your time of need as a parent. And you think of the culture and how you need God's help with your kids. And remember, you parent from your identity adopted into God's family as his son, as his daughter. Just pray those things back to God. Just keep your eyes closed. Just recently I sat with our youngest and I had a conversation that went something like this. Angus, you need to know that I'm your father and I love you. I'm not going anywhere. And you're secure here. That love that I try and show is a pale, pale reflection of God's love for you this morning. And I'm aware that maybe you're here in church this morning and you haven't yet connected by faith to God, faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this morning that God so loved you that he gave his son Jesus that if you here in Gorgie this morning believe in him 
you will receive eternal life. That's how much God loves you. Is there anyone in church as people's eyes are closed and they're praying? Is there anybody in this room this morning? And in your heart, you're saying, God, I'm reaching out to accept Jesus Christ, to trust him, to turn away from my sin and to receive and know your love. Is there anybody this morning, would you just please put your hand up? All I'm going to ask you to do is put your hand up and I'll pray. Guys, could we bring the lights up just a little bit so I can see the audience? Thank you. Anybody this morning, for the first time you're taking that step. Put your hands up, put it up high so I can see. I don't see anyone's hand. You may have responded. If you have, please speak to one of the leaders, one of the welcome team before you go. Father God, for all that you have said, we thank you. And now by your spirit, your word in our hearts, would you set us free to worship you, to celebrate God and to lift you high above our lives and to give you the glory. This, Father God, is our prayer in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. God bless you.